Welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today's Tuesday. Uh, tonight we are having a discipleship uh, meeting here at the... Salem Center, and uh, so that's kind of big news. Well, yeah, it's cool. We got we we. This is the second of uh, two meetings that we're having. We may have a third and a fourth, mm. uh, just to kind of go over it again. Because uh, the thing about discipleship, it's a process. It's not a one and done kind of an event to get yeah. a tool and then go on. And so, um, last time we had about a hundred people, and we got about seventy uh, signed up to come tonight, which that's good. Yeah. 70 percent retention is always good you know? <laughs> yeah uh, so uh yeah that that's good um you know again our country right now um if if you're uh watching the news trying to you know stay up if you believe any of the news you don't know what to believe anyway today but if you're watching the news and seeing what's going on in minnesota i think they called out the national guard up there mm-hmm. And they put a lockdown. That's where they're doing the trial of George Floyd. There was riots in D.C. last night, or in uh, New York, and yeah. and and uh, in Seattle and Portland. Um, actually, in D.C., I'm not sure if they rioted or they. I know they had a big, at least, uh, protest and demonstration. But I saw some videos from rioting around the country. Yeah, um, and you know the police officer, uh, the police chief stepped down. The police officer resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was a tragic shooting of dante wright that happened it was an accident you can uh if if you watched the video uh for those of you who followed the news and you're able to see a video i just saw it for the first time uh today but um the officer thought she was grabbing her taser Mm -hmm. and instead she grabbed her firearm they they wear a firearm. And by the way, the taser is like a firearm, almost like it, if you look at it, it's uh, it, it's as big as a small pocket gun. Mm-hmm. And they wear them on their vest. And they were in the middle of a struggle with the suspect. And uh, again, they uh, she she grabbed it and said, "Tasing, I'm tasing, I'm tasing." which she thought she was tasing, and then she realized afterwards she shot him with a firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, I, I've said this before, that when you are under the gun in a very intense situation where you think your life may be at risk, uh, it, it's uh, you, you don't know how you're going to react. Mm-hmm. Everybody can react differently, and when you make mistakes... Uh, at that speed, uh, at the, you know, things can escalate very quickly. And again, uh, with tensions high, I'm mm-hmm. sure they they were just trying to get the 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 guy subdued. It you know you can nobody knows motives, nobody can tell anything. But it appeared from the video that I watched 
that it was a normal traffic stop with a warrant for the person they were stopping. And in the heat of the moment, the stress of the, the scuffle, um, this female police officer grabbed her uh, gun instead of her taser. And it, it's tragic. Anytime, uh, you know, somebody with the image of God uh, is deceased, it's mm-hmm. a tragedy. And so, um, you know, we pray for that family. We pray for that officer uh, because I don't believe that that was an intentional I think she really thought she was going to tase him and try to get him down. At least that's what it appeared. And so we just need to pray for them, pray for the city, pray for our country. Um, you know, tensions are high. There's these yeah. riots everywhere. And this is in the midst of the Chauvinal trial, and it's only, what, uh, 10 miles or 10 minutes down the road that the, this happened. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of fear. Um, I know that the city council, uh, the the one uh, the city manager of that city, uh, was fired and uh, the council uh, one council member said he was doing a great job and she respected him. Um, but she was just afraid that uh, the protesters would retaliate against her uh, and her property. So there's a lot of fear. Uh, and really the mob seems like it's dictating a lot of what people is doing. Right well, now. and this is, this is a problem uh, that you get into when you have mob rule. Like mm-hmm. I, I, there was a, uh, uh, there, you know, there was a, a one government official, and I, I'm not clear on whether it was the city manager or the mayor. I think it was the city manager who said there needs to be due process. And then they got rid of him for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, we are a country of due process. We yep. should have due process mm-hmm. um, for everyone who's mm-hmm. arrested. Um, and that to be fired over that statement... Uh, just shows kind of where we are you know uh, as a country right now we are very we are very divided uh, as far as like what people do in the northwest is very different from what people do in the southeast Mm -hmm. what people do in rural areas is very different from what people uh, do in the big city areas and there's a lot of subjectivity. I talked a little bit about that as far as a mask yesterday. But there's subjectivity in a lot of areas, even over everything from immigration to police uh, reform to uh, drug uh, enforcement to, um, you know, education. Mm-hmm. There's just different views on all this. And um, depending upon where you are in the country. And I think we're moving as a country toward more of an authoritarian authoritarian, uh, mindset with our government, which Mm -hmm. I don't believe is healthy or good um, because you have people who are trying to run the process that aren't motivated by God values. They're not. I Mm -hmm. mean, you, you can tell by the decisions that are coming out right now and the way they're handling everything from the military to uh, the Department of Justice and um, statements that they are making. Uh, You can't judge their hearts, but we can look at their actions. And their actions are going to have an impact on this country far exceeding what they think they will. And I just think we, we as believers need to be praying for our country we need to pray for our leaders and um we need to uh, be aware 
that uh, it, it might get a little bumpy for us as we go down the road a little bit. Yeah, and I think it, it, if uh, we look back, uh, you know, history, it doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes, as uh, someone said uh, in the past. I can't remember who. Um, but, you know, there are some parallels here that we've seen in, uh, you know, other countries and other empires, quote unquote, throughout history. And, um, it, yeah, it, it should be concerning uh, if you t- look at it from that lens. I'm not saying that that's exactly how we're going to go about it, but uh, we're at a crisis point as a nation. And I think that um, how we come out of this is going to dictate um, what this area of the world looks like for, you know, the next hundred years or so. Well, and I don't know, uh, you know, I was talking about the authoritarian part of our, our government. I don't know if you saw that the CDC recommended that Michigan shut down. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah, I did see that. The whole state, they, they and. Because it's worked so well for them so far. But the CDC should yeah. not have that kind of authority. Not at all, yeah. They, they, they should be an advisory agency um, to talk about that. But um, it, it's just really. It's, you know, for us as believers, we just need to be prepared that, you know, we could be seeing some things like they're seeing up in Canada. Uh, and I read about that yesterday uh, about Pastor Coates mm-hmm. and that church up in Alberta. And um, I was trying to see if we could get him for an interview. Apparently, he's not uh, having any interviews right now. Um, and I'm, I was hoping to get him on here because, uh, he is a guy, he spent 35 days in solitary. Mm -hmm. And I I heard this yesterday that he could have left whenever he wanted, as long as he said that he would not go back to his church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that, isn't that crazy? He he could leave, but he had to say, we won't meet as a church. Yeah. And so they are meeting as a church, but they're they're meeting underground, like in China and Iraq and everywhere else. So, um, yeah, keep Pastor Coates and that church up there in your prayers. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw the Supreme Court um, did rule the other day on a California ruling about them. Did you see that? Yeah, not, they- not to – I don't think it's much to be cheered about because it was a 5-4 to four ruling with Roberts uh, in the minority yeah. saying that it was okay for them to do that. And Does that was, surprise you? No. But <laughs> if we're one vote away from, uh, you know, the court saying that our God-given rights – um, are actually should not be considered God-given. I don't think that's something to be. But, but it was handed down in favor of churches and house churches in the state of California, mm-hmm. and they had made an appeal over the restrictive rules that Governor Gavin Newsom had put in place. And um, the governor said that um, they, you know, they couldn't meet yep. as a house church. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were getting turned down everywhere, so they took it up, and it was a ruling for them. Not a major victory, like you said, but mm-hmm. it's still a ruling that was good for the people to meet out there. Why? Because God's Word says we should not the forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And I know churches still mm-hmm. that are not meeting. They're not meeting because of COVID. Still to this day, they have not met since last February. A lot of churches in our country, and it's a it's a way that has been used to keep people from congregating, believers from congregating together. 
but yet people can go in Target in mm-hmm. these same cities. They can go into strip clubs. They can go. Yeah, they and, can go to uh, all these other places. Yeah, but not go into church. casinos. Yeah. So if you're a church that's uh, not open, I mean, what are you doing? All right, we will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Excuse me. And uh, if you were just joining us, we took the first segment to talk about the news of the day, kind of what's been going on, uh, debriefing on some of the things going on around the country, uh, as we usually do in the first segment. Sometimes it bleeds over into the second, but we are going to be getting into Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through Acts chapter 5, verse 13. Um, so that is what we are about and where we're headed. Yes. And, you know, I do want to say one thing that, uh, you know, I, I shared and I'm, I may get Calvin on this week. You know, the guy who was the, on staff out at Denton Bible, mm-hmm. he was a football player up at Purdue and, um, I think he played, maybe he played basketball, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe he played football. He's a big guy. So I don't know if he played football or basketball, but Calvin, um, just said, you know, when something bad happens, if you are a believer, uh, you should not affirm violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, if something bad happens in revenge, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Justice is in the hands of God. And uh, we should pray for people who have been hurt by violence, we could we should pray. But but as believers, we should never advocate for violence and revenge for anything. That's 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 um, totally unbiblical in any way, shape, or form. That is God's that is God's role mm. to distribute vengeance. And there's a difference between defending yourself and and. Uh, and vengeance, and I'm talking specifically. If if you watch some of the some of the videos of 
and even people being interviewed, this is for, Mm -hmm. this is for this guy, this is for this guy. That's vengeance. And we need to pray that uh, the church would not get swept up into it, but the church would be prayerful. The church would be witnesses. The church would do what the church does, which is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the good news. It's that God reigns. And um, well, let me let me ask you a question because I think a lot of people would say, "Well, no, we are. This isn't vengeance. This is justice." So talk a little bit about you know the difference between justice and vengeance because uh, there is a role, obviously for justice but vengeance is something uh quite different you know so can you uh delineate that a little bit for people who might be confused like what do you mean like uh, so like uh you know uh if someone commits murder and then they get sentenced to death that wouldn't be that's well no that's That's not vengeance that's the state yeah carrying out uh a mandate Mm -hmm. uh as a consequence for a law that's broken right and you know, uh, and we can't in, in be- Romans, it says, I think it's Romans that says, you know, they are ministers of justice. They do not bear the sword in vain. Romans 13. Yeah. yeah. So the that that's very different than you trying to hurt somebody because somebody hurt somebody close to you or somebody around you or somebody you've valued yeah and you're taking it out on someone who had nothing to do with the direct situation even if you were taking out on someone with the direct situation that's still that's not uh justice that can that's still retaliatory vengeance but you know people are calling justice to go and loot a store or to uh, attack a police precinct um when that you know that doesn't even involve the area and they aren't the ministers of justice in that in that way but that is what people are calling it now is justice. And, and I think we need to let people know because it should be plain and simple that what the difference between justice and revenge is. But I think for a lot of people, especially young people, they don't really have a clue. They see it as the same thing. Well, they do. They, they do because of um, responses and everything else that we've seen. And, um, you know, we, we just, um, there's people that uh, believe that there are certain moral values um, um, are more important than political values. Mm-hmm. You believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I think, uh, you know, the moral values should be more important than political values because moral, you know, morals come from God. I mean, otherwise yes. who discern, determines what morals are? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's just the majority, if it's just the state, if it's just the government yeah. and what the this is why it's such an aberration that our country that started not with perfect men, but with men who believed in the perfect word of God, mm-hmm. they they didn't all follow it perfectly, but they believed that should be the standard. Yeah. And now this this book we call the Bible is being diminished, it's being uh, vilified, it's being said it's a book of hate speech Mm -hmm. because it speaks to God's will, God's design, and what God prescribes in his word is the way we should interact with him and others, right? Yeah. And so when you go to Romans 1 and you read about God's design, it says when people suppress the truth about God, 
they will be turned over. It says mm-hmm. God turns them over to sexual immorality, which we saw take place in the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s. They will be turned over to homosexuality as a culture, which we saw in the 80s and, and onward as an acceptable way of life. And they will be turned over to a debased mind, which now we have people saying, well, I think I'm a girl, even though I'm biologically born a male. Mm-hmm. And we have it codified now in some places that you have to affirm that, not just allow this person even to believe this and not put them in some kind of medical treatment program for having gender dysphoria, but these people are actually have to be affirmed in what they believe, or you are in jeopardy of being uh, in Canada. They've been jailed for yep. that, mm-hmm. right? And um, so the other thing is I just read yesterday an article um, in a paper about a guy in New York who wants to marry his biological daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did you see yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And, and he's he's got a lawsuit right now saying I should be free to marry whoever I want. Mm -hmm. You've got people up in the Northeast in polyamorous relationships wanting to be married as threesomes, Mm -hmm. a man and two women or two men and a woman or a woman. This is what happens when you start to deviate from God's design. God designed one man to be married to one woman and procreate and create a faith community that would, in turn, uh, produce people who would know the one true living God and convey who that one true living God is and how you can know that one true living God by uh, telling them about Jesus of Nazareth and what it means to be in relationship with the one true living God. And now um, you, you can't do that if you're living apart from that God's design, mm-hmm. uh, there's no there's no power in that testimony. There's no validity in that testimony to say that that's any more than you can say if you're a, a dick, you know, you're a habitual thief. But I love God. Mm-hmm. I love God, but I steal every day from people mm-hmm. and I'm, I hurt people every day. But I love God. I'm a believer because I prayed a prayer when I was 13 years old and I'm in the body of Christ. And so. We've made it about a one-time event. And yes, there is an event where the Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates you, but it is not just praying a prayer. It's not just uh, being baptized. It is the regeneration of your inner being by the Holy Spirit that sets you on a, a pattern and direction of life that if you choose to continue in a pattern of unbroken sin after that, according to what John says, you can sin into death. Mm-hmm. And we saw in Corinthians people did that. We saw Ananias and Sapphira. It's what we talked about last time. Um, actually, we haven't talked about it get, this yeah, week, right? Yeah, yep. Sorry, I'm getting confused here. <laughs> but that, yeah, we're getting into that this week in Acts 5. But, but make no mistake that God wants his church to be holy and set apart from the world system. It's the enemy who comes in and says, oh, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can live this way. And so now you've got people who are professing homosexuals in activity, not just in desire, mm-hmm. 
who are ministers. They yep. call themselves ministers of the gospel, which is a travesty. Uh, lesbians who are ministers of the gospel, according to their words. Mm-hmm. But they don't fit the qualifications for Titus and Timothy. So all that to say, uh, this week, yesterday, uh, we have been talking uh, about Acts 4, the last part, 32 through 37, about the church being unified. And one indication that we are not unified is you have churches that affirm homosexuality, Mm -hmm. that affirm transgenderism, that affirm, uh, you know, women elders. And you go, whoa, wait a minute. Now he's throwing in women elders. That's what the Bible says. Mm You see, you don't pick and choose what parts of the Bible you can say. And you go, well, wait a minute. That was a different culture. Yeah, it was a different culture then. But when Paul was addressing the issue with the church, he took it back to Adam and Eve. That's not cultural. Mm -hmm. That's design. There are different roles for men and women in the body of Christ. And so I remember a good friend of mine who was a mentor uh, was asked to go consult with a group of elders up in uh, the north um, about they were having they were having a church split, and the issue was women elders and women elders who would teach and be part of the mm-hmm. ruling elders. And he went up there and they laid out their their problem and what was going on. And he said, "Well, I mean, you're fine to put women elders, but you might as well put homosexuals in there too." Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to deviate from God's word here, why why wouldn't you deviate other places? Yeah. Because that was a big problem up in that particular community. And they go, yeah, but that's a different thing. He said, no, this is what God's word says. You either obey it as elders and honor it, or you don't. And so, uh, you know, when we come back, I want to get back into this unity issue from Acts chapter 4, and then we're going to get into purity today as well. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at The Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening uh, wherever you listen throughout the nation and the world uh, online, and those of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folks in Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be. Free Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through Acts chapter 5, verse 11 this week. Um, Yesterday we talked about uh, verses 32 through 37, which was talking about um, the body and how it should be and how the uh, believers had all things in common. And uh, today, sorry, not this week, we are going to be moving along and getting into 
uh, a new part of well, the text. Well, actually, we're going to – I do want to go back to the unity part for a second because if you look at Acts 4.32, we, we really just kind of touched the surface of it yesterday when we talked about the one heart and soul and not a needy person. And, but we really didn't talk that much about Barnabas. Mm. And Barnabas was really the illustration at the end. So I'm going to have you go ahead and today – um, I'm going to have you pick up at Barnabas there. I'll recap what happened real quick before you get there. It said that the apostles were, um, the you know, the, the church was one heart and soul. They had everything in common, and, and there was great power in their testimony. Uh, great grace was upon them. Not a needy person was among them. It said they laid, people were selling things to help people, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. That's what was said and now in verse 36, we're going to be introduced to Barnabas, who was Joseph, was his real name. Barnabas was just his nickname. And I'm going to have you read 36 and then 1 through 13. All right, 36 of chapter 4 and then 1 through 13 of chapter 5. All right. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles, apostles excuse me, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold the field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have con- contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. His last, excuse me. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, "Tell me whether you sold the land for so much." And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When when the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Great fear. Great fear came upon all the church and all who heard upon these things. Got to read 12 and 13. All right. (laughs) Got to read 12 and 13. That's a big point to stop. Oh, why do you think great fear came upon them? Because of what just happened. Yeah. Somebody dropped dead. Not mm -hmm, just once, but twice. Yeah. Yeah, Would that freak you out a little Mm -hmm. bit? Yeah. That would bother you. Right. If you saw that. Yeah. And you'd be going, wow, these folks, this is serious stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you start talking about, death and and you see death in front of you is death sobering to us yeah it absolutely is so go ahead and read 12 and 13 now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles and they were all together in solomon's portico none of the rest dared join them but the people held them in high esteem none of the rest dared join them why do you think that was because two people just dropped dead yeah they they weren't thinking man this is something i want to go join 
they were they were really uh, but but it says they held him in high esteem and so uh one of the things that we go back to the last part of 32 or, or chapter 4 uh, is when when all these people were coming from all over the world thousands of people no jobs no food no home and and it says not a needy person was among them in verse 34 why because all these people were one heart and soul. They didn't see these people as foreigners. They saw them as brothers in the Lord now. They were one heart and soul. They were all believers. And they trusted the apostles. This was not forced giving. This was not manipulated giving. This was not guilt given. Mm-hmm. It was people who saw their brothers and sisters in the Lord and said, I want to help. Why is this not happening in the Western church very much? There are some examples. I remember uh, our church um, put up a board, see a need, meet a need, Mm -hmm. which is a good, that's a good way to do something like that. But a better way is to have community in the body so that you can know the need and meet the need. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that... um, when you look at this church, they one reason they were one heart and soul is they were in real, um, they were in real a danger of persecution, and they knew it. This was not; these were not uh, posers. Nobody posed when when there's a threat of beating or death to trust Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, he lists Barnabas as an example, and he talks about Barnabas. This is a literary um, kind of a, a tool, too, because he knows Barnabas. He's writing about Barnabas because he's such a big part of the rest of Acts, mm-hmm. the letter, that he wants to introduce him. And what better way to introduce him as being one of the ones, just one, but one of the ones who sold his property, and it says he laid it at the apostles' feet. And so Barnabas was from Cyprus. He was a... Um, he was a Levite from the tribe of Levi. And you're going to hear about him in Acts 11, 13, 14, and 15. But his name, Barnabas, the nickname he had was son of encouragement or son of comfort. And every time you see Barnabas, he's caring for somebody. Mm. You know people like that? I mean, yeah. that just, I mean, these people, that's just, that's when, when you think of Barnabas, you think of a guy who's an encourager. Mm-hmm. And we all need those people in our life. And so uh, Luke lays this out. Uh, this is what it looks like to be a church of unity. They were young as a church, but they were authentic. And for the first time, Luke uses uh, the the word church in this text down here. At the last When you read verse 11, the word church is ecclesia, which is a gathering we tend to think of the church as the building, but the church is not the building. It's not geographical, but it's it's the people that make up the church coming together with a common vision uh, to grow in Christ and be used by him to share the gospel with others. And so this was a unified church, one heart and soul. It was, again, Jesus' prayer in John 17. Uh, you can go there and read it. But as far as their property is concerned, 
we grow up in a culture that says that's mine. In fact, we grow up very young. You you have a daughter that you're not even going to teach how to do that. Hmm. She's just going to know mine. Mm-hmm. That's the, one of the first words. Mine. How do they learn that? <laughs> it's nature. I would. Isn't think. that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to teach them yeah. how to steal. They're going to go and take something <laughs> that's not theirs. You got to teach them how to you, give. You got to teach share. them how to give. Why? It goes against our nature to be givers unless Christ is in you. And, and, but it says no one held on to anything. It was all God's, all for his glory. There was, there was this s- stewardship that happened. They realized it wasn't theirs. And yet they didn't have a message on stewardship that we know of. I mean, it was so young in the in the church's history mm-hmm. that they just responded to what they saw. But I think, you know, early on in our Christian faith, when, when we first realize what Christ has done for us, we want to tell people. We want to help people. We're all, we're very aware of what he's done. But as we get farther away from that day, that birthday, that spiritual birthday, we tend to start taking it for granted. We tend to start feeling entitled. Mm. I'm really not that bad of a person, not like this person over here. And we become consumers because our culture breeds consumerism. In our churches, it breeds consumerism. And so when we come to church, we don't come to the church gathering to give. We come to get. Yeah. That's why when we listen to a message, instead of being grateful that we are at a place where we can meet and get a message, we critique it like judges at an Olympic diving trial. Mm-hmm. I give them a 7.5. I give them a 6.2. Instead of listening to the content of the message, which comes from God's word. Mm-hmm. And if he's not preaching from God's word, you need to find some place that is. Yeah. Uh, God... God wants us to gather around his word and to be one heart and one soul. And it starts with us individually looking at our brothers and sisters and not looking at denominations, not looking at a particular church. Like when you ask people, um, you know, uh, where, if you say, where do you go to church, even that question lends itself to a geographical location, right? Yeah. Instead of, hey, are you part of a faith community around here? Where do you meet? You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the church, the ecclesia met together at a place. It was a local place where they got together. But during this time, you got eight to twenty thousand people meeting in the temple, and you got about a hundred and twenty of them helping teach. Can you even imagine what that looked like? I mean, like no mm-hmm. planning. They didn't have a committee that figured out what was going on. They were just doing it. Yeah. And we've got all the committees, but we don't have the power. Mm-hmm. We have all the the buildings, but we don't have the faith that they had because these people. They were boldly giving, and that was the unity. And when we come back, we're just going to introduce Ananias and Sapphira from Chapter 5, okay? All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. 
You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. Uh, Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts, uh, starting in chapter 4, verses 32, and running through chapter 5, verse uh, 13. If you would like to join the discussion, or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWAT radio.com you know doug i i did have a question um you know when we were looking at verses 32 uh through through 37 and you you mentioned that people um who were new uh to the kingdom had come from all over um you know because they were there for uh festivals yeah um and so and then they stayed to learn did they stay permanently or were they staying to learn and then be sent back out to uh wherever they were from well here's the thing you got to remember that there was no other church. Yeah. So they came there uh, celebrating a feast. Mm-hmm. They heard that the Messiah had come, and they were part of the church movement now. And if they left to go back home, they there's no church. Yeah. There's no body. There's no unity. I, 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 I and, guess, so, and so mm-hmm. I believe that... Some of them went back, obviously, to to other places, but initially they stayed there just to learn how the Old Testament pointed to Jesus of Nazareth. Because right. remember, that it would be years before any letters began to circulate right. from the apostles, right? Yeah. Paul wasn't even on the scene yet who wrote a lot of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So their Bible was the Old Testament scriptures, the old the Old Testament scriptures. So what they were being trained in is those prophecies and that scripture, how it related to Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Remember, Peter began to understand, and how did he respond in the messages when when he was preaching 
and confronted by the religious leaders, he kept pointing back to the Old Testament passages. So they were teaching them that, and they didn't want to leave. So they had no job, no house, nothing there. So these people just sold their properties. And again, this is not socialism. This is not communism. This is believers seeing brothers in need. And by the way, all of them didn't sell their houses Mm -hmm. or property. Some of them did. Right. But they did it to take care of them because they were one heart and soul. Yeah, and I was just curious if if it, if you thought or if you'd heard if, if, what uh, I guess the tradition was if they were staying there to be trained up, kind of, and then sent out as missionaries, or if they were like, "Hey, we're moving here to be with the body," and it wasn't until you know persecution and then this, the destruction of Jerusalem that they ended up leaving. So I was just curious yeah. on, on that front. And then also, I had a question. Um, in you know the Jewish tradition, because you know now we have like the or you know in Israel they have the kibbutz system or however you say yeah it. The, the little villages like the communities yeah where they come together community so was that something because you know you talk about in our context especially um, as Protestants without you know like uh, monasteries and stuff like that that was that something that was kind of at least a tradition that they knew to kind of live together that way or they well, see well, people see, do stuff here, like that here's the thing and this is why I want you to go to Israel with me sometime because. Um, by the way, um, I'm taking a group of guys over there next March. Uh, if they'll let you in. Yeah, right? if they'll let me in. <laughs> yeah, if they'll let me in next March or uh, April. Actually, it's in April. Um, but it's a it's a it's a guy only trip. If you would like to go, I'd love for you to go. Um, then you can email me at Doug at SWAT dot com. It is going to be a six to seven mile hike a day trip. Uh, nice. You're going to have to be in some pretty good physical shape. I will be leading another trip in the fall of 2022, um, and that will be uh, in around November, and that will be uh, a modified regular trip. But it you it won't be not it, it will be still a lot of walking, mm-hmm. but it won't be near the strenuous trip that the one in uh, the spring will be. But they lived in community. You got to remember in the Jewish. Um, world their communities were based around the synagogue Mm -hmm. so the way it worked in their culture and this is why by the way i just want to give a quick uh we had dallas jenkins on last week who is a creator of the chosen if you've not seen that it's a pretty good depiction a lot of times of um of jewish context but the the way it worked in uh, in their culture is a father would be kind of the patriarch of a, a family, right? Mm-hmm. So when he had a son that married somebody, that father would tell his son, you start working on the room. And the room would be built onto the father's house because this was his property. This was his land. And then that son would uh, build it. And when it was ready, and only the father could say when it was ready, and that's why Jesus in John 14 says what he says, Mm -hmm. but then that groom would marry the bride and come back to the father's house and live at the father's house in that community. So you might have, you know, 40 to 50 people living around Mm -hmm. one little community. And like uh, Bethsaida was a village of about 200. Here's what's amazing in Bethsaida. You have five of the disciples from Bethsaida. Mm. So five people that changed the world came from one village. 
and it would be built around that synagogue. So there was a deep sense of community there that we have lost as a culture because we're very individualistic here, very mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, like I, I would be willing to bet how many brothers and sisters you have? Two brothers, two sisters. So how close are you in, in uh, geographical distance to any uh, one of them? Are you less than a mile from me? To no, no, more than a mile. Yeah, yeah, you're more than a mile. Most of us are. Yeah. Like, my relatives are 550 miles. My parents are listening in Meridian, Mississippi right now, and that's 550 miles away. My brother's there. And so we live a very different cultural life than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's good yeah. because you miss out on family wisdom. Mm-hmm. You miss out on family support. And that's actually been celebrated now. People, because you got to remember, if if people are growing up today, anybody 35 and under is the first real computer generation to grow up where information they were able to get didn't necessarily come through a relationship. Mm. I mean, all the information I got growing up initially came through relationships, either my father, my mother, my uncle's my teachers, but it was people I knew. But for people 35 and under today, they grew up being able to go onto a computer and pull down information that may or may not be credible and believe it is Mm -hmm. and and very self-sufficient as far as getting information where I was dependent on, you know, something else. You send me two or three articles a day on different things. Mm -hmm. That's what you're good at that. But... You grab all the, you're able to get all that information in my day. I never would have been able to access that. Yeah. And so, uh, it, like I said, there's a, I think it's good to be in that community. They already had that sense. And so when the church came, and isn't it interesting that Jesus chose to walk the earth in that community, in that place, mm-hmm. instead of today in our culture? Yeah. That's when he came. And he came uh, as a part of God's plan at that time and they they were being trained in how those old testament scriptures related to messiah and i'm i'm sure they went back they didn't i don't believe they stayed in jerusalem forever but i think they stayed long enough to get uh school trained Mm -hmm. you know and and discipled and how to go back and start churches where they we're living. Yeah. And so um, that's what they did. And remember, as this church of unity, twice it says in those first pa- that, that passage in uh, the end of chapter four, they laid it down at the apostles' feet. Why? Because they trusted in their leadership. Mm-hmm. They trusted in them to take the funds. They didn't make it on precondition. They didn't get a tax write-off, obviously, back then. Yeah. But they just gave it because there was a need. But there's a big contrast. It says at the beginning of chapter five, but, but, and it says a man named Sapphira. I mean, a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira. Ananias means the Lord is gracious. And Hmm. what Ananias and Sapphira did was egregious. And you go, wait, they just didn't give all their money. What's so bad about that? Well, What was bad about it and what we're really going to discuss tomorrow on the program is they presented 
they presented like they were giving more than they were mm-hmm. because they their goal was not to help their brother. It was to build their ego. And that was the problem is there was there was a hypocrisy there of trying to purposely present a false picture of their spirituality. And when you do that, listen, we're, we're all hypocrites. We all make hypocritical choices every day, right? Mm-hmm. We say things, you know, as a parent, don't eat that cookie, but then you go in and you take <laughs> a bite of the cookie. Yeah, but I am the parent. And they go, well, why can you do it? And, and, and as parents, you go, well, I'm, I'm going to eat my dinner. It's not going to spoil it for me. But the bottom line is our children see that, and, and I'm guilty. We're all guilty of that. But God makes a statement here about hypocrisy and sin in his church. This is, this is the first sin identified in the church. And it's so um, important to him for the church to be pure that he takes them off the face of the earth. And I think it's worth us noting that um, they were believers, I believe, from verse 32 in chapter 4. It says, all who believed. I think they were believers. Mm -hmm. But God was making a statement. He was making a statement. And uh, Jesus, in Matthew 23, deals with the whole issue of hypocrisy. Seven times he uses that word for hypocrite. And again, it is a deceptive presentation of one's spiritual condition. And so tomorrow we're going to really have a hard look at Ananias and Sapphira. And I wanted to say to our folks in Mississippi that uh, I'm going to be speaking at Highland Baptist Church this weekend, and I'm going to be speaking at Man Church there Sunday night as a men's outreach. So in Meridian, all you folks there, let your friends know. I'd love to see you there, okay? All right. So that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spirituality.